0: Hey guys, thanks for joining us for episode number six. We are joined, a uh, special guest, uh, very successful CPA and principal at one of the top firms in the country, Emily Lambert. She played volleyball at UCF, my alma mater, and uh, super excited to get into her story. So, Emily, Good
1: morning. thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Appreciate yeah, it. you look
0: sharp. <laughs>
1: I brought we were my just... power pants today.
0: Yeah, and something I just learned uh, offline. And, and by the way, we're having like good conversations. I'm like, okay, stop, stop talking. <laughs> we need to press the record button. Cause this is, this is part of your story. Um, but just the start of it, right? Like jump right in. You're in the tax business, very successful in the tax business. And we just, I just learned from you that kind of where you started is where you still kind of are. Um, Correct. you're an intern and then you go all the way from intern to principal. Um, so before we get there and kind of what we can learn from that, volleyball take us into your career how'd you get to UCF what what position did you play you just mentioned that you're in the ring of honor now so you have a banner
1: I have a banner in the gym my kids think I'm pretty cool gosh you are at least right now yes stay tuned that'll probably change
0: how old are your kids
1: 11 and 8 two girls okay so they're coming
0: into the teenage years where they won't think you're cool correct yes that's what I've been hanging on to
1: that as long as possible so I'm originally from the midwest um got a handwritten letter from the coach Never heard of UCF, but thought this is really cool. Wanted to just go spread my wings, do something completely different. Loved the state of Kansas, loved my hometown, but um, got the opportunity. And I was recruited as a setter. Um, Never actually played the position. We had an All-American there at UCF when I came. And so I played right side my freshman year, and then left side or the 01 my sophomore year. We had a great um, – my first two seasons. We won Mm -hmm. the Atlantic Sun. We went to the NCAA tournament. Wow. We won our first-round game my sophomore year against Cincinnati, which was the first time UCF had made it to the second round. Um, Had to face a tough Florida team, but um, it was a great experience. And those first two years were kind of my um, largely years of playing. I kind of had a back injury that made – the last two years a little bit shorter than I would have hoped for. Um, what was the injury? The injury was a back injury. Just, um, like just kind of a, a disc that was out of place, like L4, L5, and it was just causing a lot of pain. And just every time you go up and swing, you know, mm. you kind of feel it down your back. So I it was feel like, it right now, yeah. Yeah, so it was yeah. kind of like, well, do you want to have children and mm-hmm. live a normal life, or do you want to keep swinging a volleyball? And I think with volleyball versus maybe other sports that are out there, there's not really a road past college anyway. Yes, you can play mm-hmm. professionally overseas, but it's not like the WNBA or the women's MLS soccer league. You know, I knew that it was going to come to an end. And if I needed to end that sooner rather than later, then let's focus on kind of where, where I would go from there. Um, I started out as a biology major, which is kind of funny because I had a knee injury in, um, high school that required physical therapy. So I've, My physical therapist was great. I thought this is what I want to do. turns out I'm terrible at biology (laughs) and barely made it through my freshman year. Switched majors, found accounting and finance, and um, that was kind of my path. And ironically enough, where I landed to kind of start my career where you alluded to was um, it was much easier to go get an accounting um, job than a finance job. Finance was this nebulous, like, you could go sell insurance or you could go do this, but accounting was like, hey, we have this career fair and all these people need interns, all these firms need interns, and... Um, I was in a unique situation cause I still had my scholarship where I needed a part-time internship and the firm I started with allowed me to work 20 hours a week, mm-hmm. keep my scholarship. Um, and I've been there ever since. So that was spring of 2006.
0: Wow. So that's interesting. So I, I was talked to a lot of people about this. So you kind of knew that the, the point about volleyball, not having a professional life after it really, I mean, I know there is, you, you alluded to it you can play, but you went into it knowing, hey, this isn't going to be it for me. I I have the framework where alongside of this experience, I want to also find out what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life.
1: Correct. That's exactly yeah. right. So once I figured out accounting and finance was kind of it, I did the internship. I loved it. Loved the people. Crazy enough, I loved the work too. Yeah. Um, and, you know, went back to school, got my undergrad and then did my master's in tax right there alongside it. And the firm I worked with was really awesome about allowing me to the flexibility to finish the degree and work part-time. Mm-hmm. And, um, I started full-time once I finished that master. So I've been with them the entire time. I, you know, we merged with a larger firm. You, you know, we're a top eight firm now, Clifton yeah. Larson Allen is. And so I did, I went into my accounting career thinking like, I love the small firm. This is kind of it, you know, you kind of get to do a little bit of everything, which really got my career off to a great start. Um, but when we merged in, it gave me this industry specialization that has kind of um, created this new opportunity for me in my career, and it's afforded me a lot of things that I didn't know really existed. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess that's kind of the start yeah. of how I got into...
0: So you were one of the lucky ones that kind of found what they like to do, found a good firm to work with, yep. and you just put your head down, worked hard, and, and, and now have become a principal... At yes. Clifton Larson Allen, yes. which congratulations on thank that. Thank you. thank you. Um, I saw that was announced a few years ago. And, and a part yes. of this, like, I know a little bit of your story just because uh, shout out to Blake, <laughs> my, my father-in-law, very, very successful, very successful. Uh, CPA. And I know you guys kind of had a really cool mentor-mentee relationship. Um, and at a young age, that was probably special for you to kind of be able to learn. Cause now you're doing a lot. The industry specification you referenced is medical,
1: medical physician practices, um, independent kind of runs the full gamut. So your normal traditional practices all the way up to ones that are now owned by private equity. And that industry itself has changed a lot over mm-hmm. the last five years. Um, as Blake was kind of ending his career and retiring, we saw a lot of practices selling off. So again, you got to kind of go with the market and yeah. go with what's happening. You constantly are learning new things. Um, And, you know, I'm, again, I just have appreciated everything that he's done for me. You know, we still see each other regularly and, yeah, and it's just, he's been a great friend and mentor and just support system as I've grown in my career.
0: I feel like that's huge too, at a young age. And I feel like the mentor mentee things are interesting because I'm always like aware of it now, way more than I was at a young age where for me, when I was getting out of school, it was like, who wants to mentor me? Like who wants to spend time with me and talk, you know, but I've found that you know people that are successful if they kind of see you and go hey that person's got a lot of initiative a lot of skills i see a lot in them they really enjoy pouring back into you and and giving you a chance to kind of learn from them and they want to see you be successful
1: they want to see you be successful and it's so important you know in Blake's case for his succession so i took over a lot of his clients that gives me the opportunity to grow and develop and define what I want my career Mm -hmm. to be. And then I've got folks that I am bringing along behind me for that same reason. Um, You know, I actually, another new role for me effective this year was I took over the physician and dental practice for the firm as well. So I kind of run is about a $70 million or we hope it will be this year between physician and dentist, a $70 million practice. So that's getting me out of my comfort zone again of, How do I look at growth differently? How do I look at my capacity differently? You know, the timing, all the things that you talk about in athletics that are so important to your success, it's becoming even more important these last, you know, 32, 33 days as I'm doing another new role. So I think the experiences that you have in college and in sports really helps you in your professional career, understanding what it takes to lead a team, run a team. Mm. You can't coach everybody the same way, right? Like. Everybody's going to look at or respond to criticism differently. So I think those are all things that I've taken kind of throughout my professional career that was built on my athletic and sports career. Yeah,
0: I was talking to somebody about that the other day about you can't coach people the same way. And that's something where I I resisted that a little bit. And I know my early days and getting into what I was doing, I was just expecting everyone to be like me or to communicate the way I did. And, you know, if you didn't, then it's frustrating, whatever. We have conflict and, and whatever. And then it's it's just a realization that people come from different places. They yep. have different personality traits. Their intent may be good, you know. It's And so that's been a shift. Do you have a style of leadership? I know athletics, that that I saw that in basketball, right? Like star player was not treated the same as the walk-on. That's just the way it was. That's just the way you it know? was, yep. They had a longer leash. They got more attention. They got way more – you know, towards their success, and they got people walk into the. They got more with opportunity class. to yeah, fail. To fail, you
1: exactly. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. So I think it's interesting because I also have to kind of level set my own expectations of the individual because they may have different goals or expectations of what they want out of their career than maybe I think that they're capable of. So it's figuring out how to manage that and get them to kind of get uncomfortable a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, but you can't yell at someone and expect them to just be like, oh, I'm going to go work harder. I'm going to go figure out this tax return. Um, (laughs) You know, it just doesn't work like that. So you have to say, okay, I'm going to give you – we're going to have a tough conversation. Sure. I'm not mad, you know, but I think you're capable of doing this, Mm -hmm. and let's talk about how we're going to get you there. So to me, that I think that all just kind of translates back into –
0: Do you look for that coachability when you hire too? I mean, from athletics, I mean, I think – for us, too, it's, like, the number one factor. Like, if you're coachable, yeah. it's, like, we can deal with just about anything.
1: Oh, you can teach. You yeah. can teach how to do the tax return, but it's that willingness and that discipline and that desire to be coachable and to want to learn new things. And it, I don't know. I kind of remember coming out of school and thinking, okay, like, I've got my degrees. This is all I'm going to need to do, mm-hmm. you know. And you're constantly learning every single day. And I think, you know, my younger self, I would have said, like, Hey, you know you're going to constantly be learning. There's constantly going to be challenges and things thrown at you, um, but it's how you respond to them, how you handle them, that just kind of elevates you as you go.
0: Yeah, and I love the addressing. Hey, we're going to have a tough conversation. Yeah. Um, just and then and then have the conversation, right? And it's 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 a way easier way to deal with it rather than trying to lean or limp into it. Or just kind um, of
1: sugarcoat it, and then it's like. Uh, you know, clear, we have a saying at CLA is like clear is kind. So mm-hmm. like, Hey, I'm going to be tough on you. And this is what we're going to, we're going to hash it out. And then we're just going to go back and we're going to keep doing what sure. we're doing. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And I think that yields a better result. How, how clear and how tough I am, you still have to kind of measure that, right? Yeah. With the individual.
0: So accounting, finance, right. Accounting is, is a good, you know, go through the recession. I was in college during the recession. I just remember like accounting jobs were always like, Hey, you're always going to have a job in accounting, very hireable position, which mm-hmm. it sounds like went through a little bit of your thought process and kind of how you majored, where you interned is like very, very hireable. But, and it's also seems like it's a very technical job, right? There's right. a, there's a knowledge base that you have to know. I'm sure there's, there's, there's a big spectrum of like what level, like when you're just doing a W-2's tax return versus doing a Physician's office that has 50 locations, like that's a very different level of knowledge right. and value right. add that you give. Um, but you bring that technical skill set, but then there's these also other skills, right? You're mentioning stuff like leadership, mm-hmm. delivery and communication of a message. So a lot of these things that you kind of – so in the the tax field, not that it's rare. I'm, I know that people have that, but how was that when you learned to pair a very technical skill with now all those other skills – did you draw some of that from athletics as far as your leadership style and the willingness to you know, stack different skills and communicate? And I just feel like in the tax industry, like maybe that's a little bit of a rare. You're very uh, – just meeting you – and I think we had met in person before. I feel like I know you so much better because we talked on the phone and I hear your story. But you immediately have an energy about you yeah. uh, from a communication standpoint. You're very natural and warm with people. that um, has to help you a ton in a very technical industry to be able to pair that with – You know, people, skills, leadership, and so on and so forth.
1: I think that comes down to having the confidence, too, as one of my skills. So, you know, when you come in and you start, you're the youngest, you're the newest, so you have to have the confidence that I don't know everything, but I'm okay asking questions and I'm okay learning. Mm -hmm. I think having... And we'll go back to him again, but he was a great mentor in that he was able to have the conversations with he was more than just I'm gonna, you know, sit here and crunch numbers on a tax return. Mm -hmm. He engaged clients, he talked to clients in a way that made them feel comfortable when it was uncomfortable topics. You know, when you're Mm -hmm. talking about money and paying taxes, nobody wants to pay more than they should. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's it's being able to communicate with people in a way that allows them to feel comfortable allows them to understand and then feel like, okay, I can trust this person with my money. I can trust that they're doing the right thing. I can trust them, um, you know, with this. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, that, that makes sense. And also, you you obviously have been very successful in what you do, but I want to go to, like, some of the challenges maybe since you stopped playing because I think cutting your career short with an injury is very tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, that had to be very uh, tough emotionally, uh, and probably expedited what you had to do professionally, where you're like, okay, I thought I had another couple of years. I don't. Now I'm going to get after it in this new. Did you take some of that energy from being done early and put it into your career? Do you think that helped you? Or just bring me back to that time when, you know, it was cut short, the back yeah. injury had to be super frustrating, kind of like where you were as as a college student during that time.
1: Yeah, I think it's the realization that it was like, this is it. Like, I'm... I'm done. But I think also knowing that I was making the decision for my future self. So you talk about like, hey, what would you tell your former self? But for my future self to make sure I could have children and that I could have, I could be active with them and those Mm -hmm. types of things. I think that made the decision a little bit easier. Sure, it was tough, and sure, there were days. You know, I supported the team through my junior year. Was that all the games and things like that? Mm-hmm. So, sure, that was difficult, but it's still a team still a team sport, right? Yeah. You're only as strong as your weakest link. So, if I'm not there cheering them on, you know, I just feel like that's a huge responsibility as a leader and as a teammate, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, challenge, other challenges, I would say, just taking it back to sports, you know, sp- you lose a lot, and you fail a lot in sports, right? So, I think bringing that into the work environment, you're going to do a lot of things wrong. Something I learned very early on was own it when you do something wrong, admit to it, learn from it, and move on. Mm. It's just better to just say I did the wrong thing or I should have done this or to the client. I'm sorry, I made a mistake, but here's how we're going to fix it. So I think having those experiences of failing, losing, having an early injury that's ended my career, I think all of those things just help you know, build that base in my professional career.
0: Yeah, that ownership of, it's just, it's something very simple, but it gets you a long way. If you can look at somebody and say, you know what, I was wrong. It's not anybody else's fault, it's mine. Mm-hmm. And somebody's like, wow, you know what, that's what I wanted to hear. Yeah,
1: yeah. It, <laughs> next question. It just kind of takes all of the, the pressure off and it's like, you know what, I do? yep. Okay, now, yeah. now let's move on. Let's figure out how to fix it. And, you know, what can we do differently next time?
0: Did you feel during your internship, um, that you were kind of back earning a spot on a team? Like, did you feel, um, did you naturally know that would parlay into a job or that was strong likelihood?
1: It was a strong likelihood just because the way the profession works, when, when the firm spends so much time training and bringing in an intern and showing them what to do, it's much easier to obviously keep a person, right? Retain a person and hire a new one. So for me, it was about the people whether you go work at a big four firm or you go work at a, just a local, you know, mom and pop CPA mm-hmm. firm, the work is the same. Sure. Disney's balance sheet's going to have a heck of a lot more zeros than, you know, a different client's balance sheet. But how you go about dealing with the client, the service and all of that is the same, whether it's large or small. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was just um, a great way for me to kind of get going yeah. In my career.
0: Yeah, naturally. No, that's that's really cool. So bring us to now. Somebody that's interested in tax accounting and so on and so forth, like please you, are do you it. one of those <laughs> Yeah, like so if your industry, and I would assume is like ours, you know, I do insurance, you know, it's an aging industry, right? You have a lot of people retiring. Uh, we've referenced that in and, and, and industry just craves young quality, willing talent. Right. So what's your mindset and your approach on recruiting or attracting that talent or grooming that talent? Do you have um should people get into the tax business and you know give us give us a little bit about kind of what <laughs> you love about too. it yeah
1: um so accounting is kind of going through this attrition so if you look at the stats at UCF accounting majors are down 20% um as a whole and then you've got the boomers retiring so it's kind of a double-edged sword yeah. I'll call it um from a per- what CLA in particular because I haven't it's been a while since I've been in a small firm and I don't have other experiences but we focus a lot on culture being in the office, developing the team, spending time with the team outside of just, hey, here's these 10 tax returns you need to get done. Mm-hmm. you know, It's all about building the relationships. So um, when we talk to younger students that are just trying to figure out what they want to do, it's like, okay, yes, this is a very tough career, but it's also a very rewarding career. Mm-hmm. And you really can make an impact on a client because it's all, you know, we're the eighth largest firm in the country. We're the only top 10 firm that deals with privately held businesses and their owners. Interesting. So, our clients have skin in the game and for them, this is their bread and butter. This is their livelihood. So it, it's much more impactful for me. I feel like to say, okay, Dr. Smith, you know, like this is what I think we should do. And this is how you're going to help your cash flow, And let's talk about retirement and things like that. Yeah. So when you come into CLA or you come into a public accounting firm, I always tell students, it's all about the people. So you got to figure out who you connect with when I'm out recruiting. It's all about the people. Because you're going to spend a ton of time with them. You're going to be away from your family. Those are tough decisions that my husband and I make regularly about, you know, who does what. Um, but it's a very rewarding career.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it does seem, um, the track you're on, I mean, again, just a, a fantastic track. Um, but there's, a, you know, a lot of years and effort to get to the point that, that you've been in. And, right, and you probably make that trade-off, like you said, every, every day, every week, every month. But kind of what I hear is it is worth it. And I, I think about the businesses you deal with and the level that you deal with too. Um, it, it, to be able to see the business owner across the table and, and know that you know they do have stake in the game has to be super rewarding because you probably get the calls of, you know, the oh crap calls mm-hmm. or, you know, stuff where you're really working through some complex issues that's going to affect their livelihood um, or their family's livelihood. And that's cool that you're connected. I didn't know the distinction that you guys were the only top 10 firm that, that deals yeah. with with actual... You know, people, people, you know, business owners.
1: Not the shareholders of right. Disney. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. that's been our niche all along since Lars Allen started in the fifties and we had a merger with Clifton Gunderson. So it's all that's always been our focus. Yeah. And I don't see that changing.
0: So go back to the person and, and for you, like, I don't know, it's almost like I, I envy how simple it was for you seeming like you're just like hey I'm driven I like accounting I'm gonna get a job and I'm gonna crush it and I'm gonna Mm -hmm. be successful and I'm gonna become a (laughs) principal and you know you should just you know it's like (laughs) but was there ever a confusion or what would you say to somebody who's you know figuring out what they want to do they're they're playing a sport they know it's going to end you know like me right i like get to my senior year and i have a conversation with my dad he's like hey by the way you know you need to get a job right and I'm like, ah, i knew this was coming yeah like i knew, like, I knew this was coming <laughs> and they know it's coming but they don't know what they want to do um what were what would be some tips you would give somebody that was making that transition to where would they start to figure out you know who should they talk to what should their mindset be to figure out what, what they want to do for the rest of their life.
1: I think it's talking to people that are that they admire or that they see in similar positions. So um, one of my other mentors at CLA, Lori Sims, she retired. You know, she was a working mom. She had two kids. So she had to deal with that. And in an environment that's obviously a lot different than ours is now. Like I can work late at night if I need to after my girls go to bed. Mm-hmm. But just to have people that have done what you are looking to do and for them to tell you, Hey, it's okay. Or, you know, these are the things I would have done different. So you, you learn from other people's experiences. So if you're coming out of school and you're like, I think I like this accounting thing, or I think I like whatever it is, talk to people in the industry ask and, and have real conversations. Like Mm -hmm. uh, to me being transparent about what you like and what you don't like, it's not rosy every day at CLA. We all know that's you know, the case, but I think having those types of conversations where it's like, this is what I do, this is what I like about my job, this is what I'm working to change, and just understanding that it's not, you're going to have to work. Like, it's not going to just be given to you. Right. You know, so um, the harder that you work, the more good things will continue to come to you. Yeah. And yeah. I, f- I firmly believe that that hard work and that dedication and the discipline will pay off. It may not seem like it every day, um, but I think you've got to look at those baby steps that get you to kind of your ultimate.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The uh, so it's almost like being aware if you're having conversations with other people that have been successful, like understand there's pros and cons to each role, each industry, each track and make those decisions consciously. It's kind of like exactly. when you were a reference uh, with your husband, you're 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 talking about these things that are realities, but you're you're collectively making them consciously rather than maybe just unconsciously ending up somewhere where you're like, how did I get here? Right. You know, right. how am I spending this much time away from my family or doing this thing, or I'm not making enough money yet where you know, the track you're aware of it and you lean hard into it to say, Hey, I'm aware of all these things, but I, I really like the upside here and I'm okay with some of these downsides and I'm willing to pay that price.
1: And I need a village, <laughs> you know, I mean yep. my husband and my parents they are they've been supportive of me this entire time. So there's gotta be a give and take, right? Mm-hmm. like, Dave and I can't go hard at the same time all the time and not have the girls. And, and I'm an example for my kids too, right? Like two right. girls, um, they look up to me, you know, I want them to feel like they can be empowered, they can do whatever they want to do in their lives as they grow up. Um, and mom has done these really cool things, and maybe I want to do that or maybe I don't want to do that, but at least they've got someone that they can look to and say, okay, you know, this yeah. is pretty
0: cool. I just got cool. goosebumps, um, specifically because your kids are the ages you said,
1: eleven and
0: eight. Eleven and eight, right? So they're they're really starting to get it. They're right? really they're starting, they're starting to, get it. to see it. They listen. Yep, and they're starting to see. You know, you make sacrifices, but you know, I, I remember my mom was one of the you know founders. She was the founder of Florida Virtual Schools, now become. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and I remember back in the late '90s, and she was the CEO there for eighteen years, and and she always had a a big big responsibility, big role. And I just, it was so different than some of the friends that maybe I went to high school with or went to college with, with uh, my mom versus what maybe some of their moms did or, 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 and, and everyone makes that choice within their household. But for us, we always grew up and mom was always busy like, right. and, and she, she made games and all that stuff, but she, she had a big job and, and, and she traveled and, and I, I didn't appreciate it as much as I do now and and as a parent and, and seeing my kids and just wondering that when they get to the age of your kids, just knowing that they're watching, right? Right. And that right. was such an inspiration to me, but at the time I didn't realize it. So I'm just curious to you that that's clearly something that consciously drives a little bit of your it work ethic. It does.
1: And, and I also feel like, you know, going, again, props to my husband, but like, when I work late, I pick two days a week during busy season to work late, and I work really late in the office, because I feel like if I'm going to not see my kids, yes, I'm going to maximize it it. that time. Yeah. So my husband has, you know, Xbox game night on Thursday nights, and they're like, Mom, what when do you play?
0: What games you uh, play? Uh,
1: Sonic Racing. They have Lego right. World. They have, like, a battle- Battlefield game they play. But they're like, Mom, when are you starting to work late again? So, like, it's not even a big deal for them, because then they have great time, one-on-one time yeah, with Dad. Yeah. You know? So it's... It, He's made it not a big deal that I ha- that I'm making these sacrifices or I'm choosing to do this for my career. Um, they so don't know any you, different.
0: When did you start doing that? Because that's a great idea, right? There's.
1: Um, once I started having them, and probably when I had the second, when I had Quinn, my youngest, you know, it's like, okay, I I only have so many hours. I know this is busy season, and I have to put in the time. So how do I maximize my time? On Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I leave at five o'clock. I get them. We do, you know, family time and all that. How do I maximize my time? And so mm-hmm. I just we've we've kind of modified it over the years on what days I work late. Our firm is awesome, and they offer dinner on Tuesday and Thursday nights, oh, so that cool. makes it easier to stay late. Um, and it's just kind of we kind of calendar it all out. But they're like, "Hey, mom, you working late again?" Yeah, yeah. no, that's so. <laughs> so cool. it makes it, it makes me feel better too because then it's yeah. not like I'm like guilty. You're for, not
0: calling at seven and going, "Hey." I'm, I'm not gonna again. be home tonight. Right. right. And you're you're that is really cool. Yeah. Because that that can weigh on a person big time. Is 100%. to be like, you're not, your, your feet aren't where they are. You're thinking about while you're working and you know you need to be working, when you're thinking about oh, I gotta I gotta be home. I'm I right. Miss, right to be able to again consciously get that framework settled allows you to be where you are, be really, really good. You're home as a mom, <laughs> be the best mom you can be, mm-hmm. and kind of make that work. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. Um, so I want to ask you too we hear a lot of stuff. Like I remember in school you would have I I don't know. What was the, it was SAC Was it SAC? There was all these committees like student athlete committees. Oh yeah. And then they would do career fairs and stuff like that. And there was always like this narrative of like, Hey, like, you know, employers value athletics and employers value athletes and so on and so forth. And I, I, there's so many cliches around it, Mm -hmm. but I'm just curious, you now uh, going through athletics, but also being an employer and looking to hire recruit and you're leading a team and everything else. Um, what do you think it is about if you looked at a college athlete and you were looking to interview him, hire him, what are the kind of the skill sets that you look for? What are the real reasons that somebody like that, that has that experience, can actually use that experience as a leverage point for what's next um, or not? I, because I, I think playing a sport by itself doesn't lend that you're going to have success Correct. in your career. Correct. I think there's something about making that transition and borrowing from the experience and leveraging it. I'm just curious to, to to hear what what you know. You kind of think about that.
1: Yeah, I think being a part of a team. So like you're accountable, right? You're accountable. You have to be disciplined. You have to show up every day to practice if you want to play, right? Like you can't just yes. miss practice and assume you're going to play the next game. That doesn't work like that. You want to show up and you want to get advanced in your career. You want to grow and develop. You got to you got to be dedicated. You got to be disciplined, and you got to be motivated. So you know. You, yes, you can do the bare minimum, and yes, that's fine if that's all you want to do. But if you want to exceed, you know, and grow and advance, then you're going to have to do those things. And I think just being a part of a team, being uh, especially at the collegiate level, the, all those things have you, you have to manage all of that. I think I think I touched on this a little bit earlier, but to me, just knowing that it's not all going to go well, that you're going to have setbacks, that you're not going to understand a concept right away, that fear of failure or fear mm-hmm. of fear of losing. I think that translates well when you're going into a field like accounting because there are a lot of things that you have to learn. What you learn in school is not practically how it always works. Um, And some, you know, industries or some things like that it it is, but in accounting, you know, you go take an audit class in school and it's nothing like auditing cash or accounts receivable or anything like that. So, (laughs) so I think it's understanding that Hey, you've got this degree, but you're about to go start and you don't really know Yeah, you're know, a baby. You don't, you don't know, know anything. anything. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think I kind of translate that back to, you know, you go through middle school, you're playing all these sports, you make the varsity team, you're excited. And then you kind of then you're the freshman in high school and then you got to do it again. And then you kind of get we and the the pool gets smaller, right? But you still have to kind of prove yourself mm. at each level. So when you get into your career, you have to prove that, you know, I deserve it and that there's not someone in coming behind me that would outplay me or outwork me or whatever. Like, I'm not going to get outworked.
0: Yeah. Right? So.
1: That's fantastic. I I
0: love that. And I love the I'm not going to get outworked mentality too. It's like, but, but, you know, the, the level of that, that I didn't kind of pair that between you're always kind of leveling up as an athlete. If you want to play, Mm -hmm. that was the one thing that you just said that stuck out because you ever heard of like the illusion of choice. There was a podcast. I think it was a book I was listening to. It was talking about like, if you want to be successful or if you want to play, if you say you want these things, there are only so many choices, right? Right. You're going to have to work really hard. You're going to have to show up when you don't want to. But if you don't want to play, you don't have to do all those things. Right. But don't think if you want to play, don't think you have like this menu of all these options that you can kind of do whatever you want.
1: Right. Whenever you want.
0: Whenever you want, or you're not going to have a high level of accountability so I think that's a really good starting point for people to say, what do you want? Do you truly want to be successful? Do you, what, you know, whatever's next for you, are you willing to pay the price mm-hmm. um, and, and go after it? Is right. kind of what I heard from that too, Absolutely, yeah. You know, yeah. And and maybe there's a clarity too for people. And because and, I always think like people have like, I, I have this visual of like people have this gas tank of like, and they're constantly making the decision whether they should use the gas and whether it's worth it or they should save it. You know and I think defining it sounds like you at a very young age were like, this is, this is it and I'm putting everything I have into this accounting thing and you' and it's served you really well because you've kind of continued to hit that levels and you're willing to pay the price to get there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so I think people struggle to find that though.
1: And, uh, but again, I think the, the backside of that is having that net, having that support system. So I'm gonna go after this, you know and I'm gonna go try for these things and I've got people behind there to support me. So if I do fail, it's like, hey Emily, you know what? You tried. This didn't go well, but that's okay. Let's get back at it again tomorrow. Let's approach it a different way, or, you know, let's try a different industry or try a different yeah. service line within. You know, there's so many different options within CLA, in particular, of what you can do with your career. It's not just you know odd and tax. So, yep. um, you know, intern, you may come in and you may think, oh, I want tax. And we used to talk about this with the firm I started with, a small local firm. We had a principal that came in. And he was like, I'm going to be audit, I'm going to be audit, I'm going to be audit. Came in and he hated it. And he was literally, like, he could recite code sections. Like, he was amazing in the tax world. So you, I just think having that flexibility and that mobility, which again, you learn in athletics, you have to constantly be shifting when you're on defense, offense, whatever, to have that mobility to say, okay, well, I thought I wanted to do this. Turns out I really don't like Mm -hmm. that, so let's try this. Yeah. And kind of, I think it's also knowing when you need to change directions, too. That's a good, yeah, that's a good point. This isn't working for me, so let's try something different. Yeah, it's
0: kind of like that universal advice of, like, never quit. You know, and you're like, well, I mean, maybe you're in the wrong thing, though. Like, there is something to that. There
1: is something of knowing when. Yeah, there
0: is a little bit of a, hey, I've given this a good honest try, but maybe I pivot because, you know, the audit side is I hate it, but I'm really good at this, and that's equally as valuable or more valuable. So, correct. So let's let's end with a little bit of a, an encouraging note for that uh, person. Maybe, maybe they're in that phase, right? Maybe they're in school, they're transitioning into the professional world, or they've gotten out and they've gotten into a career, but maybe it's not it for them. What what would you say to somebody that's kind of looking to find what what they're doing next, and um, you know, kind of what you've borrowed from your career and the success that you've had, where where you would you know encourage them uh, to find that that path for them.
1: I would say be confident in knowing like, okay, if you've made this decision and it's, you know, you've decided you want to do something different then be confident that I'm going to go um, find the next thing. And I'm going to put my heart and soul into that. And then when you do get there, don't also be afraid to kind of enjoy your success along the way. I think a lot of athletes, it's like, go, go, go. And you, mm. you, you get to certain points and you've like, I made it. But then you're like, I want the next thing or I want the next thing. Um, so enjoy the moment when you get there and then go back and put your head down and and do the work. I think for those that are looking to switch or trying to figure out, you know, where they want to go in life. um, Don't be afraid to also ask for help going back to the mentors, the other people that are in your industry, or maybe people that are outside the industry that don't have a clue how accounting works, but they may give you great advice in a whole different way. So I think, again, I keep going back to relationships and just talking to people, meeting people, the more network that you can build early on in your career, You don't know when it's going to come back and work in your favor or help you in another way. Yeah. So I guess that's how I would lend in.
0: I love that. And I love how it circles back. And I'm a huge proponent. I think that would be the number one thing I'd say, too, as far as relationships. And I think some people have maybe bigger networks than others. But I think there's a lot of people that would be willing to help if you approach them in the right way. Like, even if you come from nothing and know nobody and you're in a city that you don't know – if you went to somebody and you said, hey, who are the, you know, hey, coach, who are the five most successful people that are in the boosters? Right. You know, and, and you went and talked to them, said, hey, you know, Ron, Emily, whatever. Right. I heard you were extremely successful. I'm looking to figure out what I want to do. Could I buy you a cup of coffee anytime? Yeah. And they'd be like, yeah.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. So
0: I think if you can can figure out who in your network that you respect, that you look at their life and you go, hey, you know what, I'd, I'd want a little bit of that or figure out people within your network that may just know people that you don't know and go pursue those relationships, I think that can get you a really long way. So I think that's a really good word.
1: Agreed, 100%.
0: Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I know how busy you are, so I was like, we're starting (laughs) on time, we're ending on time, and uh, I'm just super, super grateful, and I think the listeners will will feel the same way about the time. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.